0: Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? It's Mean Green Nation podcast. And much like our uh, our favorite Mean Green football team, uh, you know, nothing went right for me this week. Uh, I had podcasts scheduled, but instead I had family, you know, kids getting sick. Not the COVID, but the pukes, you know what I mean? Which is worse in some respects, you know what I mean? Nobody wants to be puked on. Um, and, uh, you know, just a lot of work, like literally even today, literally. From morning to right up until recording time, I was working. I just closed one laptop, opened another one, and hit record. Luckily, uh, friends of the show, Mr. Greg Odecker and Aldo Avino, we're on already. How did that happen? I don't know. How are you guys doing on this fine Wednesday evening? Greg, we'll start with you because you, <laughs> you guys are both going to talk at the same time.
1: Well, I mean, I'm doing good. I don't know why I'm back here. I, I have no idea. I thought this was going to be a show talking about who we're voting for. You know, Trump, Biden. Who do you think Seth O'Troy is voting for? Is he a Trump guy? Is he a Biden guy? Oh, he's definitely gonna a Trump I'm going to bring the guy. ratings down on
2: the He's this definitely show. a Trump guy. You know.
0: <laughs> I think I talked to him once. Uh, Aldo. How I'm
2: are you doing? This? Yeah. Well, I'm feeling good after some of the scotch, but yeah, I mean, it's been several days since the game, so I'm feeling much better than than Sunday.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm gonna, you know, I want to get you guys' opinion, right? Like normally we do a Sunday show, kind of Sunday recap, uh, and I didn't get to kind of rant and rave or or maybe like some people think I am like super calm and I talk people down, and other people I give hot sports opinions on it. I don't know. Everybody has their different take on what we do on Sunday's but I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about it like maybe when Charlotte was just walking through like parting the red sea as parting the green sea of defenders um you know Greg what were your overall impressions of the game on Saturday if you want to call it a game
1: <laughs> I'm just disappointed you know uh, I mean look I'm a Browns man so we won on Sunday so completely Really doing great, 4-1, and one. so I'm just going to start out there. But, you know, getting back to the uh, the North Texas game, you know, it was just disappointing. It's a game we should have won, should have won the past two games. Um, no improvement on the defense. The offense, just leaving points out on the field. Um, not making plays when they should. Defensive guys, just out of position. And um, the coaching just really speaks for itself. You know, we're just not getting what we're paying for, right? So, you know, we're paying Seth Luttrell, top coach, Conference USA. We're paying Grant McCaslin to be a top coach in Conference USA in basketball. And we're getting our money's worth out of Coach McCaslin. We're not getting our money's worth out of Seth Luttrell. Oh, that's a
0: hot sports take right there, but I don't (laughs) think anybody can really disagree with you. Uh, Aldo, you feel the same?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, he's supposed to put together coaching staff that can – elevate play and they did that early on but now you know we're we're dipping back into the well with um uh, mike eckler uh, at special teams which has been a horrible probably the worst unit um or, or at least not maybe if not the worst it's been the one that's causing a great deal of hurt for ourselves you know self-inflicted wounds we can talk all day about the defense but man the special teams have hurt us several times in the past just two games so uh you know he's got to put together coaching staff uh as greg said we're paying him to do that not just to coaching a recruit but to put together a staff and it's and it's not clicking
0: yeah i mean i've been like so where have i landed i've landed in the hey you know so far so good um you know but yeah there's room for improvement but it's not like this guy's a disaster, right? I think this season, it's kind of completely collapsing. If he were a pitcher, it'd be time to get a sub, right? Maybe you don't cut him from the team, but you'd want to sub him out. The problem is that you can't really do that with a coach, right? Um, yeah, he's getting paid top dollar, like championship or bust kind of money. And, uh, you know, I said this before. is like maybe the answer isn't firing him, but the answer, you know, like – no solution involves giving him more raises, you know what I mean? And the next time somebody wants to take him, maybe you say, cool. Right? And you say, yeah, yeah, go ahead, you, you figure it out. Um, I think his, the last three hires he made were pretty awful. Uh, and those hires were Bodie Reader, uh, Clint Bowen, and Mike Eckler Part 2, you know. Uh, and those have put us, you know, the offense has been okay right big aggregate numbers we still have the same complaints about short yardage and whatever but we know hey you can get to a title game in conference usa with those kinds of things we know hey you can put up records right and get people in the stands and and get somebody in the unt hall of fame with that so that's fine um sort of you know i, I i'd like it to be better but whatever the defense though you know this is the worst defense in the nation like the worst it's the worst um, and I mean, Clint Bowen, what you doing out there, man? Like nothing that they're calling, nothing that they're coaching. And I don't buy not a one word of, ah, eh, well, you know, the COVID, the COVID got us. Cause the COVID got a lot of teams and none of those teams are the worst, right? So it's COVID plus terrible coaching, COVID plus bad players, COVID plus terrible recruiting, whatever it is, right? That's not my job to figure it out. They won't pay me a million dollars. I'll go figure it out. But it's not. It's my job to complain about it on the internet. Um, so, and then yeah, the special teams. You know, I forgot when I was complaining about the three bad things against Southern Miss. I was like, man, that block kick, two muffed returns. I forgot they had a punt blocked in that game. I forgot. I just you know you remember <laughs> those, but so many bad things you just forget the other ones. Um, what the hell? They they rolled that kicker. <laughs> they rolled that kicker out there to miss three field goals. What are they doing? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Mike Eckler's like yelling at him. Like, I don't know. It's like you make it or you miss it. Uh, after two, you know what? Are, what are they doing? I don't. I, I don't know. It's just bad decisions. I mean, who all do you turn
2: to? Yeah, you like turn to the quarterback. The kick, you say is there a backup.
0: You, you say we're going for it four four times, right? The kicker doesn't have it today. You know. Yeah, yeah
1: I mean, was, at at this point, our field goals going to beat anybody. I mean, we need touchdowns. Yeah.
0: Yeah we start the games down 20 or down 15 or against a bad team down 10 you know what i mean so we need we need touchdowns and not field goals uh, we need to call plays like we are, we like we don't have a defense um until so we do get a defense and i mean i don't know i, I think let, let, let's kind of break it down and say um you know greg i'm, I'm interested what is wrong with the line play besides everything
1: which are you talking about? Okay, so defensive are, yeah, line? Yeah, defensive line. Look, you know, it, the um, the guys over at 24-7 Sports, you know, I, I watch everybody, read everybody's stuff nowadays, mm-hmm. and, and they did a pretty good, interesting post on, you know, if you look back at Bowen's defense at Kansas where the line splits weren't as wide and they were more crashing down. And really, and you've done stuff on the three three five defense, too, right? So you kind of want your defensive line to be able to clog things up, let the linebackers go run over the top and make plays. And we have athletic athletic guys in the linebacking crew. I mean, you would probably say that going into the season, our linebackers might have been our best position group, although that, you know, they were hit hard by the Covid. And so our defensive line not being able to clog things up has been, one of the biggest problems. I mean, if you you see these offensive lines just swallowing up our linebackers, just opening wide holes, I mean, that's a huge problem. You have an all-conference, some thought maybe the best defensive lineman um, in Novell, and he hasn't done anything, right? Either he's not doing his job or – I mean, something's off there because he's just not making the plays. He's not doing the right things uh, that we need him to do, and and we just really don't have the talent outside of him to make plays. Um, and that's kind of been the disappointment for me is, is I wish that if it really when you look at the whole the trail errors right, <clears throat> the whole error, the offensive and defensive line that's where we've lost the games against the good teams like Troy, Utah State. Um, Louisiana Tech, that's where he hasn't been able to hit those home run type of guys. And it's the same thing with this year's defensive line. You know, they brought in the Juco guys, and they're just not stepping up and making the big plays.
0: Yeah, um, so Aldo, I'm going to kind of ask you a similar question. Um, but I just do want to know, yeah, th- that's one thing. You know, every time we complain about the good teams that gone up against, right, think of the big losses in the last two or three years. You, you mentioned those bowl game one. Um, bowl game ones. Uh, Troy just absolutely dominated both lines of scrimmage. Uh, so did Utah State, like you said. UAB, even that one against UTSA, right there. Everybody remembers the the comeback, the the drive. Um, one reason North Texas started uh, well, lost the lead in that game and fell behind was because their NFL dude just dominated and were just eating everybody up. So then North Texas had to completely change the offensive scheme. They're like, let's put seven guys to block this one dude. And then maybe we won't get sacked in two seconds, right? It was it was kind of like that. Uh, Alda, what do you see is
2: wrong with the
0: defense?
2: Um, you know, aside from what, what Greg had said, you know, when when you have bad issues, you know, talent issues at, at the defensive line, you can try to mask things by you know changing um, the defensive scheme or, or just getting creative the problem is that you can't mask it when the guys are not doing their jobs. Um, You regularly see defensive backs getting out of position, you know, not following the route that he's supposed to follow, not covering the area he's supposed to cover. And so you've got the, you know, receivers getting free, getting open uh, for an easy touchdown or easy 15, 20 yards when it's needed. And it's not like they're running, you know, it's not like the other team's running some kind of, exotic offensive scheme. These are just college plays and guys are not rolling out with the, with the running back on the wheel route. They're not, um, um, you know, covering the boundary or, or covering what they need to cover. It's, it's not a lack of talent. I don't think at least not in the, the defensive backfield. It's a lack of coaching as we've seen. I mean, we've, we've brought in some of the best recruiting classes we've ever brought in the last uh, three or four years. Sometimes, you know, depending on the week, Sometimes it's the top uh, offensive or excuse me, the top recruiting class in the conference. But when you take all these talented teams and you're not teaching them how to how to follow the defensive follow their guy or or how to cover zone, it doesn't matter how good your defensive line is if uh, they can get an easy open pass uh, within a few seconds. So that's been the uh, very frustrating watching, you know, being excited about these, Defensive backs like Deshaun Gaddy and and some of these guys that that uh, have been highly rated, highly recruited, but you know we're beating some of these Big Twelve teams or or what have you, Big Ten teams, uh, the past few years. But they are just getting dominated. Not dominated. They're not following their man, and they and they get lost in the in the zone. And lost so, in the sauce. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, so I think all everything you said there is 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 red right on to me we don't have definitely worse talent than we had in the last couple of years right i think it's about even like maybe one guy's a little bit better another guy's maybe a little bit worse but i think overall the talent's about the same um like north Texas didn't have world beater talent in 16 17 or 18 you know what i mean there was a couple guys there's a couple guys who went to the nfl and that are still in the nfl on defense um and I just think everybody just is not playing as good as they could can. And, you know, so I, I totally agree. Dion Noville's not playing up to the level that he played even last year. So we know, I mean, he can play better. I think somebody had his scheme, um, but then it's also, like, his ability. You know what I mean? Like, when he does get into the backfield, he's not making the tackle, right? And so you mm-hmm. can say, well, maybe the scheme is not like, uh, setting him up to get you know in position to succeed as often and also he ain't doing it when it, it comes time to execute so and that's, yeah
1: who are the leaders on this defense like who do you who do you trust
0: well i mean like what do you mean like like a guy that well, I mean, that gets okay, everybody so normally, to go lift like, weights on time or something like that or, or like
1: well maybe, maybe not necessarily that, but the leader out there who's who's getting everybody lined up in the right direction who's you know, communicating out there. Who's the leader of this defense?
0: That's a good question. I don't, you know, I think maybe you'd say one of the, the Davis guys. The Davis guys. guys yeah, yeah. They're, they're seniors or they're upperclassmen. I think one of them's is the a senior one a junior, right?
1: And but, they really haven't been out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But is that the cause of everything? Because they were out there week one and Houston Baptist was lighting everybody up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They were lighting stuff up, but they weren't really scoring a ton of points.
0: That. See, I think our
1: defense did better against just, them than Texas Tech's defense. Yeah, that's true. I think,
0: is it that simple, though? Is it, well, this guy's not getting them lined up, and that's why they, they allow these guys to get eight yards a pop on the run?
1: I think there's some communication issues in the back end for sure. Yeah, like, You know, we don't have that safety to help those young corners. Like, I love Deshaun Gaddy. I love Upton Stout. I mean, those guys are... Could, they have the caliber of talent to be all-conference type of players, but there's nobody behind them to help them. Like you know, if I if I'm Deshaun Gaddy, I'm gonna go out there and make plays. But do I trust the guy behind me if I make a mistake? And and you can't really look behind you and say I trust that dude.
0: Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of that there where there's nobody that absolutely knows and can get everybody lined up and say, no, you're supposed to be here. It's a lot of people looking at each other and like, I think it, we're, you're supposed to be here. And the other guy goes, no, I think you're supposed to be there. And that's not really the thing. I, I do buy that. I can get behind that. Um, I question, here's the deal, right? So like everything, you know, uh, I think everybody kind of wrote some good things about 335 mm-hmm. and whatever the philosophy. I think overall, again, I, I wrote in the season preview that Like, Clint Bowen's a little bit like, hey, whereas Refit is going to say, we're going to man up and bring pressure, right? What I'm going to do as Clint Bowen is say, let's mix up the coverages, right? Let's say this time we're going to do a little cloud. This time we're going to do cover four. This time we're going to do a little, you know, we're going to bring some pressure, but you don't know where it's coming from. All that sounds good, right? That's that's very NCAA football 14, where you just scroll through the plays and choose one. This is the play I'm going to run. But when you have to execute it, right, that means eleven guys need to know what they need to do a and then b how that changes dependent on what they're doing right and you can see that one guy goes in motion and then everybody's looking at each other like, you know, all right, I'm supposed to do a, B, and C, and then when the play starts, two guys are doing the wrong thing, right, and that means somebody's wide wide ass open and uh yeah, I wrote about in the preview about Charlotte. Charlotte loves to do that. They were confusing some good defenses, saying "man in motion," this, that, and the other. I think when Charlotte starts recruiting, you know, better, they're going to be really good because I think their offense gets the most out of its talent. Like Reynolds is good, but he's not. You know, he's he ain't going to go in the NFL. That kind of thing. Um, but
1: so, would you yeah. say that Charlotte is the next UAB? You know,
0: I. I like – I just tune into conference. I watch a lot of Conference USA football. I like to watch Charlotte. Like, I don't like to watch UTEP. You know what I mean? I'm like – I can watch a Canales coordinated offense with Dana demo calling. <laughs> like, this is glorified SES, but a bad one. You know what I mean? Uh, I'd rather watch Houston Baptist lose 58 to 59 every week than watch UTEP beat ACES or whoever they played. Anyway, um is fun to watch. North Texas – they're fun to watch an offense, but there, it's kind of like that baseball where you're like, "Yeah, I don't want to watch this, this picture. I'm going to switch it over. Let me know when we're back up to bat or something like that. You know what I mean? Which is going to be two minutes anyway, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aldo, um, what else do you see about this defense that is allowing a nation's worst uh, offense, you know, points per game and yards per game and all the other good stuff?
2: Well, I mean... <laughs> We've covered a lot of it. You know, it's it's. I think we've got poor positioning as well. Uh, sometimes we've got bad drives, or uh, you know, because we're running the up tempo offense, we don't get far enough down, or or the special teams just puts us in a bad position, and uh, or or just not finishing drives in general. So so, you know, you can't put your finger on one thing beyond beyond everything, beyond everything. Yeah, the bad coaching, uh, the players getting put in a bad spot. And, um, um, just not getting penetration on, on the, along the line. Um, so. Yeah. If- so
0: that, that's, you reminded me of the second point I was going to make about that, right? Is that when you say we're going to sit back in coverage, I'm going to have eight guys back here and you're not going to be able to throw. Well, you need whoever you have left to get pressure, right? Clemson could do that, right? Cause they got like three guys that are going to go to the NFL, um, you know, bringing pressure so they can knock your five guys on their ass and then get to the quarterback, while they also have NFL dudes, you know, guarding the space, we don't necessarily have that. I think all across the board in Conference USA, uh, if you're a really good defense, you got one NFL caliber guy on the line, defensive line, right? Um, you can't really ask him to make a lot of plays. I think, like, you look at Marshall, they are fun to watch defensively because everybody tackles, they know where they're supposed to be, um, and they've been this good. For a long time, like four or five years, right? Um, and they've also had some good offenses at times. Uh, I think that's, if there's a standard in this league that's kind of about it, uh, maybe you can say the UAB, but maybe UAB recruits a little bit better. Maybe they get guys that are like 25. I don't know. So Seth Luttrell <laughs> and all the other coaches don't like that. That's why they didn't want to vote Bill Clark, coach of the year or whatever. Um, <laughs> they didn't like that How he got is
2: Austin Ani. <laughs>
0: I, I, you know, whatever. I, I think uh, those are just terrible hires. But what do you do? What do you do if you are? What do you do if you're Seth Luttrell? Right? Like you already told your boss, hey, that we need to get this guy out. We're not going to renew his contract. Let's get Ruffit out of here. We're going to bring in this dude, Clint Bowen. and he's going to do it for us. You're going to fire
1: another coordinator? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it also... matter what he's going to do. He's too arrogant <laughs> to,
2: to do it. it. It felt all superficial when he did it. Uh, when he fired. Reader, and he fired uh, Refit. Refit didn't really need to go.
0: I mean, I think it was more like, I'm going to fire him because I'm going to take over. So I think that's a little bit of arrogance. But, I mean, hiring Refit slash uh, uh, Eckler in the first place was always kind of a little bit like, uh, I don't really know what I want to do here, and I don't really trust either one of these guys. Because they were like co-defensive coordinators, Again, which is weird. I feel like you don't have a clear idea of what you want. Um, you know, I, and, and then just saying, just pulling the plug on the ref of Like, Which, to me, I, I don't know what happened behind the scenes. But to me, it looked like they were going to be good with another year. Because that's how it went. It was like, get good, figure out the system. Um, when all the Davis guys are going to be seniors. Uh, and then you, you can kind of replenish the secondary. You can feel fine. But I think it was a little bit like, hey, we... We took a big swing and a miss, and so I got to do something. And this something ain't working out, at least to me. What what do you mean about arrogant about that part, Greg?
1: Well, I mean, look at just how he comes across all the time. Like, (laughs) he just just has that arrogance about him. So, I mean, he probably feels in his mind that, I mean, it doesn't matter what the defense does because my offense is going to score points. (laughs) So I don't really care. Like, I don't even need to involve myself in the defense at all. I don't worry about their coaching. I don't worry about any of it. Whoever the defensive coordinator is, they'll handle it. We're going to score points. That's it. I mean, that's just how he comes across. Like, I mean, he thinks he's the smartest guy ever. Like, he's almost like another Steve Spurrier. You know what? If Austin Onney doesn't work, you know what? I'll throw out Jason Bean. I don't care. It'll work because I'm coaching him.
2: But he has it. Last game, I thought he, Bean was going to make a showing, but he didn't put him out there. Yeah, uh,
0: how how have you liked the Bean? I mean, no, that's the Bean, the Ani performance since he's he's been a number one, right? He's been number one for for two games now. Uh, we'll start with Aldo. What do you think, man?
2: Not not great. I mean, sure he's put up some stats, but he's met, like last week he was twenty three for forty three. That's not great. Uh, he He'll get the big gains here and there. But when it's necessary, he doesn't have the accuracy to to complete the big the big play. You know, when Mason Fine would be hitting a guy for 15 yards for that first down, he's missing them short and inside it gets picked off. He's hitting them. You know, he's (laughs) the balls are going out of bounds and the guys can't catch it. It's frustrating to see this over and over again. And, you know, I feel bad for the guy because he's got an arm and he's fast. Um, why do 't we put him in more um uh, read option situations well that 's not hasn 't been working for him i want to, want to see bean back in there because he 's got the accuracy especially when you put him uh, you know out of the pocket on a rollout or something and he 's fast i mean he's was a state championship state champion in the the hundred meter or the one ten hurdles or something and yeah. uh so he 's got the wheels but we 're not using it I, I like the offense in general how we're moving the ball, but it's not consistent, and it's not happening when it's needed.
0: Yeah, I I think, uh, Greg, you kind of talked about this before where you said that uh, we always get kind of out-prepared, right? And I I think that's about the case. You know, like, one thing about Lane Kiffin, whatever you want to say about him, he was always prepared. Um, That's, like, a thing that they've always talked about him. You know, like, he, when it comes down to a game plan, he will tell you who their worst player is and he will have a play drawn up to exploit his tendencies. Um, and I mean, it happened to us, right? That's how Lane Kiffin and their offense put up big points. It was like 80 something points in two games against us, right? It was because of that. The game we won, they got some big gains on us and a lot of it was like their quarterback just didn't execute because he was young and blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know that we ever go into a game and say, Hey, we know Seth Lutrell's gonna he's gonna take full advantage of that guy. It's more like, uh ah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do the same stuff we do every time and we're gonna we're gonna he's gonna shake his head while he wears his mask on his chin. <laughs> uh that's the new addition this season is that he got the chin mask. Uh but other than that it's been kinda of the same Seth Luttrell, Man, I
1: can't believe we didn't get that two yards. Me either, man, you know? <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, you only you only telegraphed it. You only got up to the line of scrimmage. Everybody knows where the run's going. Everybody does.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sitting at home watching TV, and I'm not like some offensive smart guy. I'm just sitting at home and watching, oh, this is a run. Uh, <laughs> none of their starters are on their field, and here comes the run.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, that's the funny thing is, that, like, I, I said it that Jalen Darden has literally made a career – out of taking that little short little out at the goal line, putting somebody on skates, and getting two three yards for a touchdown, right? Maybe, let's run that play when we need two yards at the forty five yeah. yard line, right?
2: Like the like the old Kenny Byers play, where it was just a quick out. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's lots of guys that made a living doing that. Where right? you know it was like uh, you know Wes Walker, all those those uh, uh, Patriots guys, they would. Get back breaking first downs, but you look at his, it, you know, one catch six yards. That's what it was, right? But it's an important six yards. So when we're looking at the stats, we're like, oh man, four hundred yards, right? Well, they didn't get the important yards. That's the problem, right? That's the real issue sometimes. Um, and you know, I, I think uh, just notes from the past week—they're all kind of running together. I know a friend of the show, Billy, was like, "Well, do we can we complain about the run game?" I think that game situation has kind of pulled us away from the run game. We can't really run as often as he wants. He kind of throws everything off. I mean, when you look up at the scoreboard and we're like, well, we missed 17 field goals this game. Uh, we can't field the punt. Um, you know, maybe we should just throw the ball again. You know what I mean? It's kind of what happens. Uh, or like to your point, Aldo, where the quarterback is not really hitting those things that, you know, the defensive coordinator is saying, uh, you know what, we'll go ahead and give him that. You know, one of our maybe our best defences is leaving this guy wide open because we don't believe Ani's gonna hit that guy. Um, you know, we'll 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 stock up down here and, and make sure DeAndre Torrey doesn't get loose or, or Trey Sigurd's gets loose or you know, whatever the case might be. Um, you know, Southern Miss is not that good. Charlotte is not that good. They're good for conference USA or solid for conference USA. Uh and they made North Texas look bad on both sides of the ball. Um and know, I'm not real excited about it. All these games have been at home. Four games at home. One and mm-hmm. three is the record. And the last two weeks, it's been some beatdowns, some embarrassments, you know?
1: Like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's all because we didn't have fans there. I mean, let's just <laughs> just go ahead and say it. If there was a home field advantage, I mean, come on. The band was spread out, you know. That was a problem. Yeah, but they were sellouts. <laughs> I mean we are North Texas I think we should just put that in our record books. <laughs>
0: um yeah uh, so that that's last week uh, let's let's transition cuz there's another game coming up right it's against the the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders uh that old Sunbelt Conference foe uh, Rick Stock still still coaching out there right still coaching in front of nobody uh I I'll tell you I, so I went to that conference championship game right it was a uh, Middle Tennessee UAB in Murfreesboro. Uh right. I was doing it for Conference USA Report and and it was like the saddest thing. I couldn't believe that they had, you know, an all time great Conference USA quarterback in Brent Stockstill going out with a chance at home to win a conference title game. And they couldn't be bothered. It it was a quarter full of middle Tennessee fans. Uh, and then the rest were UAB fans who drove up three hours after having driven up the previous week. It was like last minute and they're like, Yep, we're gonna come up here, uh, did the UABs and you know, it was it was kinda sad. I I mean I think definitely just one to one. You could take the last twenty years of Middle Tennessee's football under stock still and say that is it's been better than it has been in North Texas, right? Um and Yeah, whatever. That's not saying too much because they haven't won a whole lot. Uh, But, you know, they've had some moments. And I think Stocks, though, is a pretty solid coach. But they got a bad team this year. And all that said, I don't know. I don't know it that we're going to win this game. Uh, Greg, how do you see this matchup going?
1: Is their bad better than our bad? That's the question. (laughs) I mean, we know that, um, what's his name, O'Hara, their quarterback, he's probably going to run for about 100 yards on our defense, and he'll probably throw for about 200, maybe 300, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Something like that. But is their bad better than our bad? And, and, I mean, it's a road game, so we really don't know how our team's going to perform on the road, right? Yeah.
0: There, <laughs> There is a, there's a theory before we turn it over to you. I'll get your thoughts on it. That maybe being at home has just hadn't had the focus, right? Because they they haven't got to do that, stay in a hotel kind of thing or whatever. Um, so I I don't know, I really don't know. Alda, how do you see this game going in your mind's eye?
2: I think this is a uh, this will break our losing streak. This guy <laughs> is, you didn't need is the that...
1: air raid sirens for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know the things that
0: So. What brings you to this god awful
2: conclusion here?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he flipped the coin before the show. How much of that
0: scotch so, have you drink? <laughs> yeah.
2: I guess enough. <laughs> um, so, the the issue we've had, you know, obviously outside of our defense, um, is that not only do have the have we not been able to stop the opposing teams' offense, but but they've had pretty competent offenses to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, I they, that. but. But this is doesn't look... And I'm just skimming through the player stats here, and it does not look like a competent offense. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, like Greg said, that that Asho O'Hara, the quarterback, is going to run for a lot of yards. He's the leading rusher on the team. Uh, he's at uh, 328 uh, yards rushing. Uh, the next running back has 121. So I don't know if that's due to you know the scheme, the offensive scheme. I haven't watched in a, any middle Tennessee games or if if O'Hare is scrambling for his life and he can get open uh um but yeah the the it's it's not a it doesn't look like a good offense and I think that's something we can exploit at least it'll help us to get back on the field on offense and I think our our offense at least can perform uh way better than their offense can and and I think that's that's an advantage to us granted our special teams can hurt us <laughs> pretty badly I think yeah. I think that we're going to be okay.
0: It's our secret weapon where we give them the ball <laughs> extra times.
2: You know, it's, to bounce off of that,
1: you know, one of our biggest problems in the first couple of weeks is that when our defense does get a stop, our offense doesn't score, yep. right? We, You always hear people talking about complementary football, and, and we haven't done that. And so in order for us to win this week, special teams, defense, offense, they all got to complement one another. I mean, we almost have to play – I don't want to say perfect, but, I mean, everybody's got to do their part. We're, we're not good enough to have the special teams make their blunders and the defense make their blunders. We can't overcome those type of things.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a great point. And I see – I understand what you're saying, Aldo. Um, like, their incompetence just so happens to just mean, like, hey, we turn the ball over, but they don't do anything with it. Or, um, you know, we try to turn the ball over, but they don't – they don't accept it because they don't know what they're doing. Uh, There's a little bit of that when, like, um, uh, USM was, like, th- throwing us the ball. We, like, three four of our defenders were, like, tipping the ball and knocking it over, and you're like, man, if somebody would just grab it, just grab the damn ball, we'd have it. Um, yeah, and so, I mean, like, what do I remember by middle Middleton? Say? Again, no notes. They lost to Army. Is that right, Aldo? Look at that. They they got whooped by Army. It's like, 4 yeah. 2 nothing. Um, I forget who they played the next week, but they played UTSA and UTSA beat them, but it was like, uh, like last second, like kind of down to the wire game or something. And then last week they won against FIU in a game that was more like FIU, just terrible than anything else. Like FIU is pretty bad. Uh, and I think they're like, Oh, well it was hard cause we had the COVID or you know, whatever. Um, like middle's just not good like you look at their numbers Asho O'Hara is not as dynamic as he was last year but even last year they were bad like he had he would have like a game of like 150 yards rushing and then the next game he would he wouldn't do anything right and then the next game he'd have like 100 yards rushing again and so then it gives the appearance that he's just th- this dynamic kind of guy um you know that can beat you any any time but it's more like which Asho O'Hara is going to show up um it kind of depends on who's playing you know they put up that 300-yard rushing game in the second half against FIU last year, but before and after that, the, the games sandwiching it, I think they were awful and they got blown out. Um, I don't know what Middle Tennessee is going to have. Uh, I do know that we are terrible um, defensively, on special teams, and the offense is working through like normal getting there kind of problems. I see. That's the part about South Central that makes me feel hopeful i'm like you know what his specialty is offense if our offense was terrible i said let's get this guy out of here because you're not even doing the thing that we want you to do right um there are a lot of people that are like oh well man we're gonna lose it let's at least score a touchdown like gosh you know so that's what's happening right? we're scoring 40 but we're we're giving up 70 uh you know it's not so great when it actually happens but whatever
2: yeah, so, and to put, put it into perspective, the the unbalance between our offense and their offense, we've played four games. They've played five games. So in one less game, we have had 500 more yards of offense and, uh, let's see, seven more touchdowns. Um, that's about 50 more points, including field goals, which weren't that many <laughs> since we missed so many of them. But, um, yeah, we've scored 50 more points, 500 more yards in one fewer game. So yeah. I, think, I think we've... Uh, Got the advantage there. I think you mentioned that against Army they scored zero points. I'm just going to list down real quick: Army zero points, Troy, fourteen points. That's what the ETSA, other one. UTSA, thirty-five points. Western Kentucky, seventeen points, and then for FIU, thirty-one points. So uh, that's why I have faith in, but more faith in in North Texas in this game.
0: Yeah, I I can see. I I can buy that argument, um, and I, you know I can talk myself into a win. Uh, until, until, (laughs) I mean, I, I I don't understand how the special teams are so bad. Uh, the announcers sounding like they were reading a press release from, from Mike Eckler himself was, they were like, well, you know, the COVID it's kind of hard to get guys to practice field goals, I guess. I mean, I don't know. know, Whatever. I, I can see a blown (laughs) assignment, but I don't know, dude, it's just like everything is bad about it um so you know why are we so bad compared to everybody else like you're like well across the nation it hasn't been as good but we're not even just like well we're not as good you know just a couple of looks a little sloppy we're like awful like it's like actively bad and then same thing with the defense you see some bad tackling here and there you know sloppy play i mean alabama's giving up 50 points you're like okay things are a little weird but north texas is extremely
1: bad is Our that, offense must be really racking it up in practice though. <laughs> Just yeah,
0: I mean I think you you tweeted that. I mean, right? if,
1: yeah, it was like if you're Seth Detroit, man, every play you call in practice <laughs> has to be four verts because man, <laughs> nobody can cover it on that defense. <laughs> you watch Whitlock and you're like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like God, man. Turn around. Can you find the ball? Can you find it?
0: See, I think you know, uh I can't even remember his name right now. But uh, the dude from the 2013 team, the one that transferred from Oklahoma and is now like a coach somewhere. I forget his name.
2: Marcus Trice. Yeah, Marcus Trice, yeah. He was like, what? (laughs) Uh,
0: It's it's late. He was like, uh, he tweeted about like, what do they do? We're losing to Charlotte. Who's Charlotte? Everybody needs to be replaced in the secondary, except that young freshman or whatever. Um, And I think, you know, like I said, I think we, we try to look at it, but we're looking at it from outside the know. Uh, there's somebody who's played, and like that's is non-good. Um, like, yeah, like I think
1: Kenny Byers even ch- chimed in on it too. Yeah, yeah Brandon Rand- Bird, Brandon yeah. Bird did too.
0: Yeah, and it is bad. Like, there's just, uh, to me, it looks like there's just a lot of bad technique in the secondary. You mentioned like looking for the ball. It looked like you know, you see players looking for the ball, right? There's a technique to look for the ball. Like you keep. Kind of one hand you keep on on the receiver, but it looks like the guys are like what what is that up there? <laughs> like you just start looking at it. like somebody said, is that a balloon like, what is a balloon up there? like not trying to do anything else but look for the balloon. It looked like that a couple of times more than once um it, it just there's a lot of bad out there and i am you know I, for me, it was pretty evident early on when we were trying to tackle the s m u kid uh Buchel, and and then he just like you know we make him look like Tim De- Tebow out there. Uh, I thought that was ridiculous. And I think it's, it starts there. And if you're like, well, the COVID COVID meant that we don't, we didn't practice any football. I'm like, well, I
1: mean, maybe it's better no if he didn't. swagger that, on defense. Like there, there's one dude who has swagger on defense and that's Upton Stout. And that's really coming from North shore, man. You know, cause I'm in the Houston area now. So I see plenty of North shore. Yeah, I mean, that team's all swag, but Really, outside of him, there's nobody that like I don't know just comes to play. Well, like there's no fire, there's no emotion. There ain't nobody out there knocking somebody's head off. Well, maybe we got Bobby a- <laughs> Bouchelle over there running through our defense.
0: <laughs> maybe that's why it's hard. To, it's hard to get real hyped and have some swag when you allowed 700 yards of offense. You know what I mean? And then,
2: yeah, it's But yeah, it's and you. It's up to the coaches to get that back, and and they haven't done. Any of that. Um, You know, sometimes I forget who the defensive coordinator is because it just doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) I think, fun fact, right? I think we've looked better when we brought pressure and said, look, everybody just guard a guy. Don't worry about rotating coverage. We're not going to play palms. We're not going to do blue. We're not going to do any of these things. We're not going to say you get one if he goes vertical until he does a hook. And then you don't do any of that. Just guard this guy. Right. Just like a basketball. Yeah, I mean, look at, it, call, yeah. call the number. Yeah. If and,
1: you're on your four string depth chart guy, yeah. right, you, you really have to do that. And Seth Luttrell has to do something on offense where he keeps the defense off the field. Like, I know y'all have tweeted enough about that, too, where, you know, if our defense gives up a touchdown in four plays, maybe not the next drive where you go hurry up and get <laughs> off the field in like 10, 10, 10, <laughs> 10 seconds. Yeah.
0: The whole thing, right? Like, I totally understand and i even like the hurry up offense but you have let's say well you think a whole drive right but you know maybe that drive is two plays the defensive drive still you have the whole time to think of a play right what's gonna get us five yards right let's think of something we can we can take our time right we can scheme it all out and i think uh there's nothing wrong with that, especially early in the game. You can you have the ability to go up tempo, but when everybody just like yeah, Nortex is going to have the world's fastest three and out right here again for the seventh time. They're competing with themselves to go the fastest three and out, right? Uh, i it is it is ridiculous, and and I get the idea of like well we're going to do this because that's who we are and blah blah blah. Well, that's the arrogance. Yeah, you're gonna lose the game, man. <laughs>
2: you know I mean, like, <laughs> is it is it the arrogance or is the the lack of ability to adjust?
1: I think it's just arrogance. You saw? I don't know if y'all saw the quote. <clears throat> sorry, where he came out and said that. You know, if we got in a fourth and one situation, I'm always going to go for it because we should be able to get those two yards all the time, right? So to me, that's just him signaling arrogance and his ability to call a play we should just go out there and be able to out execute him that's it i call the play it's gonna work do it
0: see i agree with that i think you should be able to execute it right but if you have he
2: said it with that tone too
0: (laughs) i don't know but i mean that's the thing is that like i think that's the right thing right like when you're talking to your team say look this is why we're going to practice. This is why we're going to run it again until we get it right because we need to execute, right? On this team, on this offense, in this program, we can get two yards. We all need to believe that we're going to get two yards. But that goes for everybody, right? That goes to the coaches and not saying, nope, well, I know it didn't work the last 17 times, but God damn it, we're going to get DeAndre Torrey and we're going to run it right at their best defender who is going to be unblocked, right? And we're going to just see what's going to happen this time. That that don't work for me, right? So, like, let's yeah, let's practice you just a different want to put, play.
1: You want to put the wide receiver head, uh, wide receiver coach's head on LeBron James and him being pointed at J.R. Smith and being <laughs> like, I got Jalen Darden right here, sir. I got Jalen Darden. We could throw it to him in the flat. He's going to get you two yards.
2: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, here's... Sorry, I'm talking over you. But, but no, North Texas is number ten in the nation in yards per play. That offense should get two yards on any given play. But they but sometimes they can't. Like the 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 offensive line will give them you know get a false start. Now they're first and twenty. Austin ani has got a whole bunch of yards to his name because he'll hit a you know all of a sudden he'll hit a fifteen yard pass and then we'll run it twice for two yards. And so it's it's really frustrating to watch them, you know, set themselves back, shoot themselves in the foot, get this big play, but not enough to get to move the sticks just because they set themselves back so far. So it's – again, I keep harping on coaching. It's it's not it's – it's been bad coaching all around.
0: Yeah, it, it reminds me. I was going to say, uh, taking off on that LeBron James uh, comment, um, I was thinking about was when LeBron went back to Cleveland, they were playing – Chicago in the playoffs or something like that and that dude who ended up getting fired probably because of this he was like drew up some cool play to go to somebody else right and I'm like LeBron said no let's not do that play let's do this play it's called give it to me and I'm going to win the game and then he did it right he got the ball and won the game Um, if you find yourself not you know calling a play for your best player then you know you've
1: overthought things
0: You've overthought things, and the
1: I think... only reason I would I would not go to Jalen Darden is if Oscar is on the field. That's the only reason I wouldn't go to him in that situation, and that's just because I trust Oscar Attaway to get two yards. I mean, the dude is just a physical beast, and he carries people. But our other running backs, they've just kind of shown an inability so far this year to find the actual hole, and not, and so if I got Jalen Darden, and it's the best player on the field. Yeah. Um, 32,
0: let's oh. run Attaway. Fourth and one, we're going to Darden, right? It's two trips, and let's keep it single side over here. We're, we're Darden on whoever they got. And if we have to force to them a little bit, fine. I'd rather live and die on that one. Uh, Get Darden the ball and let him try to get, get some yards than anybody else along the way. I think that that's... Like, the whole philosophy of the air raid is, like, right? Great. The ball finds open players and I think that's great but I think that's how you get it's like an equal opportunity offense in basketball right yeah have that play uh, have that offense let's run the offense find the open guy find the you know the option until you know the last two minutes and then that one let's call the plays that get the ball into our best players hands the one that can make a play that can make a plus play that can make a, you know I talked about this a lot right who's the guy that could get the, the shouldn't yards right the can't yards uh jeff wilson he was always that guy right this is going to be a two yard loss he'd turn it upfield and get five yards um and sometimes that meant fumbles or whatever but i would rather do that right let's give it to our best player and see what happens um you know if, who's that guy on offense on our team to me that's Jalen darden he's done it time and again even though he's like five foot one and like 108 pounds He's still, you know, he's getting, he's, he's up there near thirty-one touchdowns in his career now. Uh, let's keep feeding a dude. He's he's doing it with two like uh, inexperienced quarterbacks. He's, he's leads the the team in touchdowns, right? Keep it going. Um, and in we're, previous years, it was other other guys on our team that we were not getting the ball to. Go ahead, man. What's up?
2: I just wanted to ask where Atway has been. Did he get hurt against SMU, or he has has he had the COVID, or what?
1: I don't think it's the COVID because they said that he was out again this week. So that would, I mean, he would have been already back. Um, he would have already should have been out of like either the 10 or 14 day quarantine period. He would have been past that. Um, they kind of grouped him in with Jair Shorter as more of being an injury instead of an illness type thing. So I don't, I don't remember a specific play in one of those games where he got dinged up. Um, but, Something obviously happened, and, you know, we know how Seth Latrell treats injuries pretty much like everything else.
0: Uh, yeah, it's, it's too, too, too beyond us for us to know exactly what happened, I guess. So he won't tell us. He won't bother yeah. us yeah. with that information. We're,
1: n- we're not on his level. So.
2: <laughs> um, we need to see more, more wheel routes from Torrey, speaking of putting your guys in the right situation.
0: Yeah, you know, I tweeted about that, that I don't know why.
2: Yeah, I'd love to be in the car. Con- I'm sure
0: there was a reason, but you know, I'm not I'm talking like a know-it-all now, but I want to know what happened. I think it roughly coincided with uh when the run game just basically said, "We're going to do a lot more pistol looks." And it was good for Jeff Wilson, but it completely changed it. Like we before we were getting Jeff Wilson out on swing stuff, uh little screen things, and then Willie Ivory was in the, you know, in the mesh, the wheel route option on a mesh uh one of the mesh options. And we had some good stuff on there. Like Willie Ivory caught a couple passes that that way. We don't do that anymore, right? Like it just doesn't happen. We never. I'd love to get DeAndre. It, it Tori seems out there.
1: like it seems like our offense has moved more towards. And the commentators mentioned it, and um, I didn't really think about it, but it's moved to more like an Art Briles type of Baylor offense. Yeah, everything is you know quick, hurry up. Dive plays to the running back, throw the ball deep. I mean, that's what Baylor was built on under our brows, pretty much. And it just seems like Seth trail, if you're this offensive genius, I mean, he used his running backs out of the backfield at North, Carol- North Carolina, correct? Yep. Yeah. I mean, we saw it when he first came here. Now, that was Graham Harrell calling the play, so maybe that had something to do. But, I mean, it just seems like our offense has, you know, morphed towards more like Baylor air raid than – you know, Texas Tech, Mike Leach type of air raid.
0: Yeah, and I mean, fine. Because I think that has worked. Like, you can see the benefits of it, right? Like, uh, there are a lot more go routes. Uh, I think I did write about that aspect of it. Like, you'll see where everybody else is jogging except the one receiver. It's basically a one-guy route. Um, you you have to hit them, right? The, all the guys that uh, Art Briles had, uh were able to throw a, a nice deep route. Uh what they liked about Bouchel when he was at Texas and then, you know, later now at at, at uh, uh SMU was that he could throw a nice deep ball. You gotta be able to hit those guys. So that was what was kind of missing from Ani and, and being early. And the other part is that as you're defending deep, you going know, maybe you have two safeties back there that opens everything up and you can just attack the run game. Um I don't know. I, I think it's fine if that they wanted to switch the offense. Uh, I still... What I liked about like the air raid, and I still do, is that its philosophy is to use all the options available to you, right? Uh, we can have five guys out here. We're going to have five guys running, getting open. Um, but, I mean, Baylor put up a ton of yards, averaged 700 yards a game there for a while. They were ridiculous. Uh, cool. Still got to get one yard when you need to, man. You can... Again... It, it's the same thing. When you had the your primarily air raid-looking ob- team, couldn't get a yard. Now your Baylor-looking team still can't get a yard.
2: Yeah, we are, you know, the air raid, as you were trying to talk about, is that we're trying to spread them out horizontally and then beat them deep vertically. And we've been asking for them to go vertical for the longest time, and finally they're doing it. But now they're just going vertical. But Ani's throwing to guys that are double, triple covered, and it's not working as it should. And yeah, there's only been one pass to a running back this whole season, uh, which I, I'm surprised. Um, I was thinking that we would see a little bit more of that to, to Tori or, or, or Sigs, uh, uh, I'm forgetting all the names now at We have so many one running backs, but yeah, um, I wanted Nick to Smith, see Evan more, Jonathan. more, yeah. Yeah. I was wanting to see more, more passes deep, but, um, cause you know, last year with reader, all of a sudden, we were doing nothing but you know screen passes, and mm-hmm. we were getting two or three yards on Ani's play. And I think we, there was a lot of frustration there, and and then we started seeing more deep passes. But now, I think I think we're like, all right, let's just let's reel it in. Let's try it, like you said. Let's just get the two yards. Let's get the three yards. Because you know, on a fourth and one, and we missed that forty yard bomb. What good does that do?
1: We'll call screen plays next year. <laughs> there you go. I'll go back.
0: Do some screens when you're going to be all run all the time, all options, you know. Uh, I really do think that a lot of this stuff would be less important. I mean, it's less important, right, if your offense is kind of struggling, if your defense is playing well. I think people kind of forget that the uh, um, the EJ Agea, Brandon Garner, really good season. The offense was pretty bad. Uh, it was not – well, it was not as good. It was the same kind of deal. Big numbers – Set records. I think it set even some records that the previous offense didn't set. But I, to me, it was just it was not as good. Uh, it couldn't execute when it needed to. Just a lot of weird stuff. And you're that like kind of frustrated. Um, some of that was just like Guyton wasn't playing at the same level, whatever. Um, and so basically, you can complain about that stuff and still win, right? You can still have those things and still win. Uh, this team is not going to win just because everybody's fell off so far, and uh, I think overall they're going to probably sell it as like, well, it was COVID, man. Twenty twenty was weird, you know. Um, just forget about it. I can see that happening, and I'm willing to forget about it. But well, I'm willing to to ignore it a little bit, but I'm, I'm not going to forget about it. Uh, I, I think that it has shown some weaknesses in his hiring practices. I don't think that we should fire the guy, but I think he definitely has to improve, right? Like I said, if we could ever look him in the eye again in in the future, I you know, I I'd tell him the same thing, like, dude, what what were you thinking? Like, why, why, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I had considered this year to be a rebuild year anyway, um, with or without COVID. So there was some wiggle room in my eyes before the season started uh for for mistakes and and getting everybody up to the new schemes the new coaches and stuff but it's been bad didn't expect worst team not just in a conference but in the nation it's it's almost unacceptable
0: yeah and i always talk about um and, and i know we're kind of supposed to be previewing this week so i always talk about like being competitive every so often um in was it four years that he's been there right four four this is the fifth uh I say North Texas has been considered one of the teams that could win it twice, right? In two seasons, preseason they were like they're going to win it. One, they sort of competed, didn't didn't reach it, and then the second was you know fall flat in your face kind of deal. Um, I think that matters to the donors, right? Because like me, you know, if they come to me like, well, what'd you think? I'm like, well, you know, second half of the year, I really <laughs> like the tackling. That's what I'm going to say, right? But I get some texts from people and they're just like, "Man, we look bad." And that's it, right? Like that's how they see it. Like it ain't good, buddy, you know? And <laughs> that's the level you need to see. So when when we're talking like, "Hey, are they good?" You're like, "They need to be clearly good to somebody who's not looking for subtlety." Why why? So they can give money, buy seats, buy merchandise, you know? Like, Wait, "You want me to give money to the practice field? It sure doesn't look like they're using that practice field cuz they look awful." Right? That's <laughs> Can you argue with that guy? Like, well, we really need your thousand dollar donation so we can.
1: I mean, look, our defense is good. Is good at socially distancing themselves <laughs> from the <laughs> so.
0: I mean, that, that there was that You left that dude, the speedster guy from SMU, wide open. Um, I don't know. It, it's. I I was a lot more hopeful because I was like, these guys looked okay to me. Another season of of settling in. And I think everybody's going to be good. We saw that with the and Garner. I remember previewing that season. I'm like, I don't know. They're going to be good. They look pretty bad at times against like FAU. They just look like they're not good. We need talent there. And then the next season, it turns out they improved themselves. And they they were the two best in the conference uh, for a good portion of that season. I expected something similar. I was like, Katie Davis, he's good. Uh, the other Davis kid, what's his name? Uh,
1: Tyreek. Tyreek, yeah. Uh,
0: it's Depending on the week, I forget the other guy's name. I was like, Tyreek, what's the other one? Um, but I, I expected them to make something like a leap. Cool. Factor COVID. Adjust for COVID. You know, maybe they play well, but then, I don't know. Maybe it's old North Texas bad, where for two downs, they get good. Sack, maybe a stop, but then they get a you know busted third down play. I could have lived with that. I would have been fine with that. I would have said, you know what? They just really got to get better on those passing downs, those third and longs. You know, it just whatever. I could have lived with that. But uh, first down, oh, we forgot to cover half the team. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> including the offensive line. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, like I said, like I've been harping on, it's a rebuild year. But, but if we could just be middling, if we could be a middling defense, <laughs> we could be competing for, for uh, West title, at you know, at least because yeah. it's so bad right now.
0: The whole league is bad. Like, uh you know, I said this, it's funny. And I was like, man, UAB, I don't see anybody in the West beating UAB.
2: Like, well, we
0: can beat them. I'm like, no, maybe. There's always a luck factor, right? Well, everybody got COVID during the game, so they all got to leave. <laughs> you know, now you're playing and you can win. But UAB looks the best just simply because they're not a bad team, right? But I wouldn't say they're good. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, man, look out for UAB. Just like, yeah, they don't beat themselves. They tackle, right? They see a guy with the football, they stop him from running, and you know they get everything the to-
1: <laughs> that North Texas doesn't do. <laughs>
0: yeah, they give the ball to their best player. They're like, you know, our quarterback ain't much. He could throw deep sometime, but uh, well, let's give the ball to Spencer Brown, see if he can add on to that three thousand that he's already you know ran for. And uh, you know, Marshall, they're good. They again, they're like, hey, we got a really good running back. Let's give him the ball. Uh, and our defense is badass. Uh, so let's trust that we're going to see Marshall and UAB in the title game, um, unless somebody gets COVID. Uh, and by the way, that title game is going to be December eighteenth now, Friday, Friday game. Now, we we don't care. We have no shot at that. We we've lost three, two conference games. Uh, just off the top of your head, can we beat Rice, who hasn't played in practice? What does your gut tell you right now? Aldo?
2: Yes. Greg? No. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. Rice wants to run the ball. We can't stop the run. We, you know, like the way you draw it up, you're like this guy, you know, like where they draw the line and they draw the block and he'll be able to reach block, block this guy, this guy will block that guy, and then our running back will have daylight. That's exactly how it happens against North Texas every time. The way you draw it up, and like, if everything goes right and we block it all up right, the first guy that is going to see our running back is going to be the safety, and he's going to be on his heels. And lo and behold, that's what happens on game day.
1: Doesn't we, even work that well on NCAA football. No,
0: <laughs> you put it on rookie mode, and you know it still didn't even work that way. Um, I UTSA? think we can. Sir- can we beat UTSA, Aldo? Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, who else? We got a UAB. UAB is going to destroy us. Uh, and UTEP. That's the one I'm scared of. UTEP. They always find a way to beat us because everybody forgets about UTEP, including UTEPpers. Uh, and then. Look, your and
1: question up. is, can we beat all these teams? And the answer is yes, because of the offense, right? Yeah. It, they're They're not missing as much as the defense is missing, and they yeah. still have. All conference caliber type of weapons all across the field and the offensive line really hasn't been terrible right no. so we could technically outscore all these teams just because I mean look they're not going to be able to cover Jalen Darden if Shorter gets back White well I, I think Shorter's out
0: forever he he said he broke his ankle and so he's he's kind of out he he has a deck
1: Prescott basically okay. Well, and then Simpson, uh, you know, who was our second-best wide receiver after Dart anyways. I mean, our offense is good enough, right? Let's say yeah. Ani continues to progressively get better throughout the season, which you hope, which, I mean, he's 27, 28, whatever. Chris Wankie back there, I mean, he should be <laughs> able to get better. He's mature enough. If he yeah. starts hitting on those deep balls, if he starts staying in the pocket when he should, using his speed, I mean our offense is legitimately really good and is better than any could be better than any offense in the west right so we could beat all those teams it's just going to come down to the other factors probably
0: yeah I, I, that's about it. what what i'm worried about is that we have a little bit of that damn McCartney season where I didn't think our offense was even that bad. It was that Carlos Harris year. There
1: is no Andrew (laughs) McNulty coming through those doors to save us. Well, we're like
0: just everybody checked out. And so everybody was like, you know what? I just want some stats. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to run 110% on nothing, none of this stuff. I'm just playing just to kind of get in and get out and be done with it. Uh, I'm wondering if that ever happens. I don't think so. But that's a worry, right? Once you start losing track of the season this way, there's two losing seasons in a row. Um, I always remember those first years, right, where South of was like, that's 1-11 crap. That's one I'm like, yeah, well, we only got the one win right now. We're, we're getting closer <laughs> to 11 losses. Than, uh, you know, hey, what happens then? You know what I mean? Like, this is a winning program we established. What do you say at, at that point? You know what I mean?
1: And and you have to also throw in COVID, Right. Yeah, because these players are being asked to do so much more, adhere mm-hmm. to stricter guidelines. That once your season goes, who's to say that they just don't care anymore? They'll just hang out with whoever, and then instead of playing games and looking bad, we're just not even playing at all.
0: Yeah, like uh, I'm Which gonna opt out the rest me. of the season. Yeah, I I think that's a worry, right? Like if you're if you're a coach, whatever level. I'm not saying just like a, a college football thing. whatever level level you're at. I mean, even, yeah, my rec league soccer team, once we started losing a little bit, I could see everybody checking out. and They're like, eh, I don't want to run back. Just kick me the ball. I'm going to try to score from here. And you're like, come on. We, we're we losing two goals and nothing. Let's not lose seven goals and nothing just because you didn't, you didn't feel like running a little bit. Uh, it happens at every level, right? Team, your, your work softball well, league I or mean, something like that, yeah.
1: I mean, be honest. Do you guys think that we just canceled out on the Houston game because we didn't want to get our ass whooped? <laughs> i know some i people mean we look that. bad <laughs> and and you you're, you're seeing it really at high school levels too coaches are just saying look we're not going to play because we don't want to lose bad and we don't have to we can just say there's one covid case in our school so you know what not not this week
0: <laughs> i think uh i th- i don't know i don't think that's happening in North Texas, but i don't put it past anything because it's all human beings and human beings are capable of some pretty uh, incredible things good and bad Um, I mean so I'm asking can we beat these teams basically with our current form to use a soccer term basically how we're playing right now can we can we do that kind of thing Um, I mean I agree we can score a lot of points but will they continue to score a lot of points will everybody put in the effort I don't know that's a worry for me are you as worried as I am Aldo
2: well, before the season started, I, I had them at three wins on the season. I was saying they were going to be three and eight. Yeah, and now maybe maybe four and seven, uh, depending on Rice, because I wasn't expecting Rice to, to to you know delay their start by by so much, mm-hmm. and, and coming out unprepared, that's going to hurt them.
1: Things are bad down here in Houston.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anybody Rice is going to play at all. Uh, Yeah, I think we can kind of button this up, right? Middle Tennessee is not a good team, and I think this will tell us a lot about North Texas, right? It's on the road, a little bit of adversity. Um, It's a team that's not that good. Uh, I think an easy way, right, rule of thumb for whether or not you have a good team or a bad team or or otherwise is how you do against teams that are definitely bad, right? Middle Tennessee, they're not good, and a good team would handle this team. Right, a a mediocre team would maybe kind of struggle, maybe drop one or whatever, uh, and a bad team would get beat or you know just look really awful in it. Um, and you know, Charlotte was they're pretty good. They're trending upward. I think USM they were right on the cusp of being a bad team, but I don't know. They have good players. It's a good kind of a good program there. So I, I think you can kind of maybe excuse that one. Uh, that lost and say that was not that bad, but uh, it didn't look good for us. But Middle Tennessee, come on. Come on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, Charlotte, you know that I've got a little love for them past few few seasons. And yeah, they've been making, recruiting well. Making eyes at <laughs> Will Healy across the room. <laughs> hey. Um I wonder if he's as best, as good as the dresser as uh, what's-his-name was at uh, Western Kentucky. Um, yeah, you were like, man, but, Mike uh, Sanford's such a—I can't believe he got fired, man. He had the greatest he's picks. He's sharp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Charlotte's—you know, credit to Charlotte, Charlotte. They've been doing well. Southern Miss, you could tell on the field that they were not good on defense at all. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're potent on offense, and that's kind of what saved them, but they're not—they weren't that potent— uh and what lost us that game was really just the horrible special teams play if those things those mistakes didn't all happen at the same time against southern miss because we stayed in the game throughout the whole game yeah we could have beat them and yeah. and i think you know erase those mistakes we can win so against metal tennessee that doesn't have that potency like southern miss kind of had uh i think i think it's it's an easy win
0: Dang, easy win, huh? That's crazy. Hot sports opinions. Easy. I'm again.
2: calling it now. Hey, it's gonna be an easy win
0: uh, again. I, I think uh, I was not prepared for such a terrible special teams. Uh, and I, I'm willing to say, you know what? Sometimes you just have an awful, an awful outing. You know what I mean? Sometimes you wish you could just take it all back, right? I'm sure each of you has had a day like that where you're like, you know what? It happened, but you know. I, I really can't nope, explain everything, everything that happened on <laughs> that day. Um,
2: Every day is golden.
0: So, uh, Greg, we kind of close it out with you. What, what do you think is going to happen in this game against Middle Tennessee?
2: Well,
1: somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. <laughs> and, you know... I don't think anything's easy for North Texas. This game will be difficult too. Really, you know, Middle Tennessee comes down to stopping their quarterback O'Hare. You know, if we're able to sort of contain him, make his life a little bit difficult, not every third down he gets to easily run for first down, then, you know, I I could see us winning, right? You know, they're, like Aldo said, their offense is not good and their defense is not good either. And I mean, our offense is good enough to, Kind of control this game and can the defense make enough stops? And, you know, I, th- I think we'll win a close game, much like that UTSA game, you know, something like 37 35. I could see that.
0: Yeah, I think it, it's concerning that we played this team last year and we had to squeak it out. And that was with Mason Fine you know, and, uh, and the great Bodie Reader that Alva wanted to keep and maybe even give a raise to. <laughs> <Nah>. Two raises.
2: <laughs> Let's give him three raises um, just to.
0: Down payment on the next great season. (laughs) Uh,
2: Against O'Hare, we. we, we, O'Hara? O'Hara? Yeah, it's
0: Asher O'Hara. O'Hara. Yeah, you guys are like changing his name. So it started out right, and then you guys are like, yeah, O'Hare? O'Hare, O'Hara.
2: O'Hare. O'Hare. Frankly, my dear. Yeah. Um, He, you know, we struggled to stop him. I was clenching every time he would get through the line, or we couldn't tackle him. So he can run really well. But, but, are you sure I sure that I, wasn't the tacos you ate that day, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like we have a, a oh better God. you know I'll, I'll, I love Mason fine, but I think we have a better offense this year than we did last year
0: yeah, I think definitely we look more dangerous we're actually com- you know guys
2: are running the correct routes,
0: which is nice, you know um yeah,
2: but the, the receivers hey. have one more year under their belts and, and it's not I'm, this is not a knock on fine. this is knock on the on the offensive scheme that we had last year and the the how green the receivers were and the offensive line has looked better than I've ever seen it uh, the past few seasons under Latrell. Um
0: yeah, I will just say that our wide receivers are getting open, right? Shorter, uh Simpson, Darden, uh and Greg White, Ogan Macon, uh even the kid that keeps dropping everything. What's his name? Burns or something like that. I forget his name right now. And number twenty four, right? He's like, ah oh, hit me right in the hands. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and Greg White too he dropped like two or three big passes because
0: Greg White is trying to do that thing where he catches it with his body you gotta catch it with your hands man Uh, I uh, I just I hear my coach yelling at me you hit your hands you gotta catch it god damn it Um, and I mean he's right (laughs) your hands are for catching what else are you gonna what else you have them for right aren't you a pass catcher and then job title so uh, that's the technique thing I wonder how much they would have... Like how much better they would be if they had like a... Um, I can't even think of his name right now. The guy that was a Texas Tech guy was here. The receiver. Receiver's coach. Filani. Yeah. Uh, Filani. Yeah, Joel Fulani. Uh I wonder if he could have helped him out a little bit with that. Uh, that's part of the thing that comes, right, with the air raid practice schedule. I don't know how much of that slipped or changed or anything like that. But um, catching the ball with your hands is big. He's trying to do that body catch. He cost himself a touchdown and he cost himself a first down um, in that game. But you like that he's getting open. You like that he's, you know, trying to make a catch. Um, You know, it could be worse. No one could be open, right?
1: (laughs) It's a Seth LaTroa offense. Everybody's open. (laughs) Just say.
0: You know, he he can look. He's like, hey, the highest scoring offense in North Texas history, most yards per game, most points per okay, game. Okay, well, average the bar was pretty
1: low. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't disagree. I I think there was, you know, I think that my first post was like, what records are going to be broken? Uh, all of these, we can expect them. I think I I kind of sketched it out. I was like, sixty three, sixty four percent passing. You know, um, about two twenty five, twenty seven hundred yards. 25 touchdowns you know 8 to 10 interceptions. that's about what we got even with Mason Fine I think he exceeded that through like 30 that one year and his touchdowns were kind of low that was a good season right Um, but I mean that's baseline right there that's good it's like if you have a run heavy offense you're like somebody's going to get a thousand yards right was it the same thousand yards that another team can you compare them straight across the way not necessarily so you know
2: I'm just waiting for the Jason Bean era to get going. Quit the, all these delays. Yeah,
0: you are like uh you're like Mean Green Man about that, the way oh, yeah. he is about Mike Canales. Uh hey
1: man, Mike Canales was good to him. He was there's nothing wrong with him. He was a good dude, just not a good offensive coordinator. I mean he got us all fired up. But the Jason Bean era, it's just not happening.
2: Just <laughs> I'm gonna make it happen. Look, and no, unless...
1: The Pioneer Woman is coming in here with all of her pots and pans and food <laughs> stuff and her son, and we're all going to be good next year.
2: And new uniforms. Thank watch, you. watch. They come here, and we're going to get lots of new uniforms. Hey,
0: did they did they do some superstition there? Was that planned that everybody wearing black last week? Because they were doing like, hey, our, our new primary uniform is this green or the white, the classic look. And then all of a sudden they came with the throwbacks basically with like last year's black uniforms. No, nobody has any opinions on that.
2: I th- I thought it was cause it was a 7 PM game. I don't know.
1: Um, it didn't help them tackle better. That's
2: my so, so. <laughs> hey,
1: what other clothes
0: Do we have, do we have good tackling uniforms? Have we got some of those give you plus three tackling. Like it's a, a metal gear solid or something like that. Uh, what are you gonna say about that?
2: I, I do gotta say that that you know when I heard that that the Pioneer Woman's son was being recruited here, I was like, oh, it's just the money. Uh, but I I have watched a little bit of his tape, and is that he's actually pretty good. So oh he, yeah, is, he's
1: legit. I mean, our what, what does you does know, he do again? You talk to um, he's a quarterback. Quarterback. Oh, yeah. Um, he's a very legit quarterback. Um, I would say, and you know, talking with Gabe Brooks from Twenty Four Seven, he said that. Um, our biggest con concern would be maybe losing him to Iowa State. Um, so, uh, I mean, the one thing we do have going for him for us is Mason Fine is his head. It's not his head coach, but is a coach there. Oh and yeah, it's
0: his, yeah, he's yeah. Like his yeah.
1: personal coach or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's so I mean, that, I, yeah, I, so, I, I forgot his. I forgot his name. I know her as a Pioneer Woman also, and so I kind of forget the connection there. Dude,
1: look, her creamy mashed potatoes, (laughs) they hit hard, man.
0: Look, uh, my wife also watches Pioneer Woman, and she has made some of those recipes. And so, I mean, I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. Um, Yeah, I I think I noted that. We can can say, again, we've been bagging on uh, Seth Luttrell this whole time. But uh, I do want to acknowledge some of the good there where there are some standards where like say the guys in the NFL can tweet and say, what happened in North Texas? We were better than that when I was there. And not like say Craig Robertson was like, yeah, we sucked. We were bad. (laughs) Or Toby Nwigwe, who was like, you know, doing his music thing was like, yeah, he was on Bomani Jones' show. He was like, yeah, we're bad. It sucked. Yeah. So that there's a better, one of those two, (laughs) two things is better than the other, right? Uh, Jeff Wilson could say, what's going on? You know, we need better. We had standards. Jalen Guyton could say that kind of thing. So, uh, and it's good that Mason finds out there saying, here's how to get better. Right. We have people out there coaching the next generation a little bit. Uh, and you got to credit Seth Luttrell and Ren Baker and all the other people that have been a part of it. Cause they have changed it. It used to be bad and that was just kind of it. And there was no hope. It was like, I don't know. Uh, one of his other, yeah, conferences, really, schools, I mean, UTEP.
1: The only knock, and this is kind of going outside football stuff, but the only knock really on Ren Baker at this point is really giving the contract extensions to the trail. Yeah, and and we didn't think that at the time. I mean, we were happy to keep him, but now you look at it and you're like, why did we do that?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, My right. initial,
2: go sorry. No, My initial guess was trying to restructure the contract in a in a buyout friendly way so we could get a little bit more I, I out of it.
0: it. Yeah, I mean. Look, it's nobody really thought that it was going to be bad. It, I think you, maybe you say, look, maybe he kind of falls back to earth, and and or maybe like he kind of hit the lottery on Mason Fine. Who knows? But he didn't think it was going to be no, no, he's going to have the worst defense in the nation and all that other stuff. So it, it really could be that just this might be just one in blips, right? Where he's just kind of figuring it out again. He's a first time head coach, he's working through some things, um, you know. And it might be just that kind of deal, uh, you know. Mike Leach, top of the world one week, three weeks later, and he's like, "Maybe we got to cut some dudes from this team, right?" You know, I'm like that happens. That's life and that's football, and it's just kind of whatever. So, I I'm I'm a little bit excited about basketball. Except I heard uh, Jemiah Simmons, uh, he's out for the year. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a blow. Yeah, it but, sucks. Um, hey, and they still got
1: players. They still got J.B. on. <laughs> yeah, I, I think can we just
0: can we just acknowledge one more time again that uh we lost an epic showdown between Western Kentucky and North Texas in the Conference USA uh tournament. Um like they were there was some genuine sports hate for each other. They were going back and forth, they were doing that afterwards. Uh and, you know, I was excited to watch that.
1: You know, I had the tweet that, you know, um, Ross Hodge, who kind of, you know, coordinates the defense for Grant McCaslin and the basketball team. I mean, he's a huge part to the success, really all the assistant coaches, but I mean, Hodge in particular. And Seth Luttrell hasn't found his Ross Hodge. Like he hasn't found somebody that he could just trust on defense and everything's going to be fine. Right. But, you know, getting back to the basketball. Yeah, we, we lost last year that ability to see this team make the ncaa tournament and it hurt man because i mean we had been so bad for so long in basketball <clears throat> and we were good in the past and just how that team played last year was just it was just epic and you know the win against western kentucky in overtime mm-hmm. i think my my apple watch like alerted me like four times that my heart rate was over <laughs> 120 and you're sitting down i mean That's what that basketball team was last year. And so hopefully, you know, they're missing some pieces this year, new pieces, new faces. But, I mean, we have a really good coach, and we got really good leaders on that team. So excited. Hopefully Conference USA has everything um, figured out as far as how they're going to do things. I think they want to do you play two games at one location, um, Thursday, Saturday type of thing, um, to cut down on some of the travel. So... Um, it's going to be a unique year in college basketball and excited for it.
0: Yeah, it should be interesting at least, but yeah, basketball team's good and uh, we have that to look forward to. I think that's a good point. Again, everybody likes to point out to the Mike Leach conundrum his two best years. I think that he, he had, he had really good coordinators. I think one was like Ruffin McNeil was his uh, defensive coordinator. And then the other one was the Alex Grinch. Uh, And then, you know, Washington State was ranked, right, when they had him out there coordinating defense. um So, yeah, I, again, so my, my biggest criticism, you got to hire better defensively. um You know, somebody that can get the most out of this Conference USA level. And again, they don't need to be world beaters out there. They just need to be Conference USA beaters. And that ain't a whole lot because you just really got to win the West. UTEP ain't never going to be good. One of Rice, UTSA, and, you know, it, they kind of rotate. It's just like a somebody's kind of good, and then then the other two are bad. And then, yeah, they just bounce back and forth. So you just got to win those games. And then you can compete. then you got to just win the one. That's the one game that's going to be hard. And I think that's the next level. When we're looking at Seth Luttrell saying you got to get better, he has to win those hard games, right? The ones where he's not favored against the FAU on the road, an FAU in a bowl game, I mean, in a conference title game, a UAB on the road, a Louisiana Tech, you know, when they're good. Those are the games you got to win. And, um, and until they do that, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sign off on any extensions. I, I thought Ren Baker would call me up and say, are we good here? We good. Can we get the, the A-OK? Can you put that in email? Uh, but I didn't get that. So, you yeah. <laughs> know. there you
1: go. It's a damn shame. Yeah. It, it, you know,
0: it is, it is. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks Thanks again for listening to this uh, very special episode of the Mangreen Nation podcast. I do apologize. Like I said, I was, uh, I was incredibly busy where deadlines were happening, where people were like, hey, Adam, I know you did everything this week, but do you think you could do a little bit more? Maybe that guy over there, you see his work that's not done? Could you do that work, too? And, uh, you know, and me, because I'm just a good little soldier. I was like, well, yeah, you know, I can do that. Yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah,
1: right away. I don't need to eat. I don't need to spend time with my family. That's for sure, no problem, boss. That's
2: me. That's me.
1: Seth Littrell would have got it done too, man. Just saying. (laughs) Within
2: within thirty seconds, because he's yeah. I'm gonna do that.
0: I'm gonna do the code version where I'm just gonna write great code and I'm not gonna ever test it. And it's like yeah, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go write to prod with that. It's fine. I don't need to cut. I wrote the code. I don't need to test it. It's no big deal. Doing it live. Yeah. I've coded live in production before, as every developer has. Uh, it's exciting. It is scary, you know? Like, hopefully, way. this doesn't fail. Submit, push to prod. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Uh, Al, uh, Greg, I know you're not so online anymore, but uh, is there anywhere on the internet where we can find you? Maybe on the Twitter?
1: Nope. Don't look me up. Don't find me. <laughs> Stay with your Mean Green Nation people and Aldo. Don't come find me.
0: Aldo, where can we find you on this great big old internet of ours?
2: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Aldo Avina or on Instagram at Nerdy Golfers. Nerdy, You have a theme song? Nerdy Golfers. (laughs) Saving the day. Playing (laughs) golf.
0: We take the the tangent. I don't have a joke there. Uh, Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, you can find Mingre Nation at Mingre Nation on Twitter. I have like very I had the Instagram stuff mostly that just to protect it cuz somebody was like using the Ming Green Nation name on Instagram and I was like that's not that's not me uh so I had to I had to kind of bully him into giving me the name back um but you yeah, know so don't go there looking for great content but um Twitter the site the podcast leave a review tell us how much you like it and all that other good stuff if you have any feedback for Greg for Aldo for myself you want to say that was the greatest episode I ever listened to? Um, you know, it was like honey in my ears. I don't
1: want your feedback. I don't need it. <laughs> uh,
0: if you have feedback for Greg, you send it to me, and I will, I will subtly drop hints over the course of our relationship. You know, I'll be like, hey, man, what's going on? Uh, they really thought your voice sucked. Uh, you know, like that. It would just kind of be <laughs> just drop little hints that way. Like, hey, man, how are the kids? Are they better than your take on Mason? F-? You know, like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, Uh, man, we all hate perfection every once in a while.
0: (laughs) Hate us because they ain't us. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Thanks for listening. Go Mean Green. Go Mean Green.